it's humbling. You know, you get all these people that want to offer you their resources through donations, their time, and their wisdom, and and it's like, hey, you, you know, you basically, you know, just met me one on one, you know, on a personal level three months ago. You know, so I'm glad that I can show through and and you actually believe in me. It's it's pretty cool. Keep doing the same old thing of like, hey, spend money, give us your kids longer. Those are the, their two favorite things. And yes, spending money on infrastructure of education is important. And oh, actually, you talk about education, it's a natural, uh, National Teachers Appreciation Week. So kind of give a shout out to all the teachers out there, you know, thanks for what you do. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and so take care of the professionals and, um, and the infrastructure of our education. And, uh, and then, you know, but the whole, oh, well, if we started with your kids earlier, they'd be better later down the road. I mean, I, I, it doesn't seem to add up to me. And so I, I want to, you know, try something different, whether it works or not. You know, it's like I think it's time that we need to do something different, something bold, something, you know. And, and uh, you, I've seen polls that it's upwards of 70% of Idahoans want school choice. And, you know, um, I'm somebody that wants that, too, for my kids. We went and interviewed every, every school in the county. You know, we wanted the best education possible for our kids. And whether it was a, uh, you know, a charter school or a STEM school or a public school or a parochial school, whatever it may be, or when they get older, a, a technical college, I think as far as the economy goes, those are going to be really important. But, um, you know, give, give parents that more of an option of what that would look like. And, um, you know, so that, that's a big piece of what I'm running on. Plus, you know, like I said, I see my kids struggling, you know, or not struggling and, and the whole system of the top-down Someone in Boise is telling a teacher in Coeur d'Alene how to teach. I support them to be professionals. I think they can do it on their own. And so I always talk to teachers, hey, what would you want to see different? And they tell me pretty much the same thing every time. Parent involvement, get rid of testing. And parent involvement, school choice, by definition, is going to make parents be involved. You know, So there you go. You'll get your parent involvement if you give them options on where they can go to school. And then the testing, you know, the testing is is a, a financial thing. They test for the money. So if the, if the kids are already little dollar signs, let's just actually make them a dollar sign. Here's your money, pick your school. And uh, you know, like I said, there, no one's ever really done it. So you can't say one way or another uh, if it will work, but uh, I know that what it is, what they're doing now isn't. So you know, maybe, maybe it would uh, be a good thing and it's what the citizens of Idaho want, so we, we should give it to them. And then you never know, other states might fall in line. I know South Carolina tried it, but they got blocked, and, and they called it the voucher system. You know, that's kind of what everyone likes to say, the voucher system. But. Yeah, so you have, you know, the one-size-fits-all. I, I think, you know, yeah. kids end up getting pigeonholed into believing that they, you know, have to fall into, you know, that maybe they aren't smart because they struggle at, at math or, right. or something along those lines to where, you know, I, I agree with you on this is that all for like someone over in DC or Boise, like telling, you know, what, what you're going to teach your kid in, you know, Hayden Meadows or something you yeah. know, is, is like pretty, pretty ridiculous when you think about it. Mm -hmm. So when you say voucher system or, you know, right to choose, yeah. like you're, you're proposing that. So that parents get to go out and basically essentially shop where yeah. their where their children go to school. Yeah, yeah, 
And and you you kind of have that option a little bit. You can petition the school district. Like I said, we went to every school in the county and, and checked them out one way or another. And um, you can you know petition to go to another school based on enrollment, and your kid becomes a number. Um, and then, uh, but really, what you're changing, as long as you have that top-down approach to the curriculum, um, all you're doing is changing geography. You know, it's like there's a level of trust between you and teachers and the school you choose or if you get to choose a school. Um, so I trust them to be professionals. I trust them to be able to teach their curriculum. I trust them to be able to educate my kid the best they can, all that type of stuff. And so, you know, I like you said, it's kind of insulting if somebody in Boise thinks they know better than the teacher that's right there with the kid. It's like, I'm here with the kid. I know, you know, I went to school for a long time to do this. I, yeah. You know, trust me to do it. I'll get it done for you. And um, But, you know, that's kind of the... Um, that's really the, the you know, really to, to put it all down and boil it down to where it is. It, it, it basically, yeah, it's like, hey, here's $6,500. I think that's what Idaho spends per kid um, per year. Here's $6,500. You take it to the school that you interview and you think would be the best for your kid, whether it's homeschool, religious education, um, a, start, a charter school, a public school. You know, and I know that they have the magnet schools in Coeur d'Alene and, um you know, with uh, Sorensen and, and Ramsey are the two magnet schools, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, and so, yeah, you get those teachers in there, and they really can put their finger on, on the pulse, right, yeah. of the classroom. And yeah. then you ultimately could treat the schools like mm-hmm. a biz- like business, right? I yeah. mean, essentially that's what it is. Yeah. Um, so when you have certain schools that are, you know, pride themselves on certain topics, and mm-hmm. there might be schools that are better fit you know, than, than others. Uh, one thing that, you know, just kind of playing devil's advocate on that, that I see when you really sit back and look at it is, well, you know, how do you, how do you decide, you know, say everyone wants to go to two schools and all of a sudden there's, you know, five, six other schools out there that that nobody wants to go to. Right. Or, you know, room space Mm -hmm. in classrooms, that sort of thing. Yeah. Then how do they kind of, decipher which kids get you know get accepted to right. that school well they do that now they do that with the uh, magnet schools uh, I can hear the lunch announcements from Ramsey Elementary from my front porch but I have to get on the list to and the you talk about gerrymandering when you look at the schools mm-hmm. like they are they're not just a nice little square around the neighborhood of the school they're all funky yeah. you know so I'm not actually in even though I can listen of like, hey, this is what they're eating today at Ramsey. I'm not in the Ramsey School District. I'm in Winton, which is way south, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm here. South of me is Ramsey, and my kids would have to go to Winton based on whatever weird little line they drew. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but you can still apply, and then your kid becomes a number if they go down the list. And it's like, hey, they give you a call and say you have till 4 o'clock. You have to the end of the day to decide to pull your kid out of his current school and bring him to us. That's what they do. And, yeah, they don't give you any time. And and if you don't call them back or if you say no, they go to the next one. I mean, it's not the most personal touch, but it's already happening. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, if a school fills up, then you got to go to your second choice and then, you know, down the list. But you're still having choices of, you know, then, you know, based on your choices, your kid may become a number on a wait list. But they do it at the charter school. They do it at the magnet schools. They do it at at the private, you know, at Lamb Academy, at Holy Family. You know, that's, that's, that'd be part of the process, and we're already doing that. So we might as well 
open it up to choice. Accept it and say, hey, you know, maybe you don't get your first choice, you get your third choice, but you still have a choice. Interesting. Uh, What other topics, you know, do you kind of look back on and say, you know, besides education, like this needs some serious, you know, needs to have a discussion about? Yeah. Um, Idaho lands, I think, is a really big one in the state of Idaho. And I think, uh, you know, we should, you know, listen to a lot of people who want that. Us, you know, we've all heard the number 60% of Idaho is owned by the federal government. And we talk about economy and sustainability. Um, you know, plus we're an individual state. And I think of the 10th Amendment of the Constitution of like, hey, states' rights. You know, it's, um, it's our land. We have our sovereign border. And we should get to govern that land. I'm not saying privatize or anything, but I think the, the people of Idaho should have some say in what happens with that land, whether we manage it through, uh, you know, with, with timber, whether we access, you know, natural resources like uh, natural gas. You know, there's an abundance of natural gas in a few counties south of here, and the federal government says we can only touch like 8% of it. So, wow, look at the job market that, you know, if, even if we're allowed to touch 20%, what an increase to jobs. You know, I'm not saying that, well, we should have all of it and we turn our state into an oil field and ruin its natural beauty or anything. (laughs) But we should have some say in, like, hey, can we have that? Can we help the people get some skilled labor in Idaho and and really get some uh, an economy boost? You talk about spending money on education, $6,500, you know, and two-thirds of the Idaho budget goes towards education and they can only come up with $6,500 per kid. You know, maybe some uh, some increases to that type of stuff could help could help out with education as well. So it's all connected. You know, everything is is connected to each other. So Idaho lands is a big thing for me. Um, you know, obviously healthcare is a big thing. Uh, you know, that's gonna that comes up all the time. You know, we have our 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 buy-in system, and and I think there's some tweaks we could do to it. Whether it's you know open up you know to inner interstate exchanges or um, a little more free market or some import some medication from Canada to help out with the you know the older population in Coeur because we're a destination spot for them so we got to take a look at Medicaid and um, prescription medication and yeah in our state and uh, you know so those are a, a lot of big things as well what's your what's your viewpoint on as far as free market on health insurance yeah i talked about that a little bit on a recent blog i'm glad you you know th- actually thank you for for reading for reading what i put out there i'm trying to be is because people don't know me you know i'm mm-hmm. running against an incumbent so you know all he really has to do is say reelect, and then his name you know yeah. so i'm trying to put substance out there as much as possible like, hey this is who i am this is what i'm about and this is what i think of things and uh so you know, I'm, I'm not saying go back to a 100% free market system, but I, I think that there is, we're, we're seeing it trickle in a little bit, and, and we need to open that up a little more. A, a, a little more. A single pair of systems not going to work. And, you know, one of the things they talk about now is Medicaid for all, which is just going to be a precursor to a single pair system. And, uh, you know, I don't agree with that, a state-run system, uh, period. I know Medicaid is very important, and we need to, you know, fund that. Obviously, it supports a lot of, a lot of families and individuals in our state. But, um, you know, to have Medicaid for all, that you're, that's just the next step is to here's your single-payer system. And so there's a- aspects of the free market that we could do. Like I said, interstate exchanges, we could import, you know, we could have deals with Canada to get, get our prescription meds for cheaper, you know, I know federally they close that off, but, you know, I'm sure we could fight hard for it. 
and um, you know, and uh, concierge, doctor services. There's just ways if we could set up more of a system of dr that direct um, patient to doctor services. That's going to lower costs, and and so you know, I you know, you want to encourage medical professionals to be here as much as possible. So maybe if we open it up where it's like, hey, this is this is a system that we do here in Idaho, they might they might come here more. Yeah, so. I mean, I personally know, you know, after going through the Obamacare and, and all that, you know, every year my premium yeah. just climbing, 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 climbing. And it's like, man, like at what point, you know, is, is this going to stop? Right. And as long as there's no open market, right? you know, they can basically set their prices and this is what it is yeah. because who's competing? Right. Yeah. And the insurance is what sets the prices. Yeah. You know, the doctors don't get to set the prices. Uh -huh. And and then so with them setting the prices and, you know, that I, I talked about, I had just spoken to a doctor and he goes, man, I would want to get rid of insurance, period. And the prices would go down. I could spend more time with clients. I don't have to, like, rush them through. And because that's the only way they can make a living is to see as many people as possible. Um, I can't tell you his name. He told me not to say. I wish I could because he's a, he's a really respected doctor in the area. Uh, but, you know, the, just those type of things. And me personally, I, um, the, you know, one thing for me, it's not just the premiums, but it's the keep your doctor. We've all seen that on the news. We all know our former president said you get to keep your doctor. I, we didn't get to keep our doctor. We were lucky to keep our kids as pediatrician, but we had to stay in Kootenai Network. Mm -hmm. One of the things we used to like to do for ourselves or for an urgent care purposes was Northwest Specialty Hospital. I felt they had better care and lower prices based on their system, which is a little more free market than, you know, Kootenai Medical. Well, based on the plan that we chose and could afford, we can't go outside of Kootenai Medical. So there you go. We don't get to choose our doctor of what we want to do for ourselves. It has to be Kootenai Medical. And you know, we took, you know, again, we talk about the kids. As long as we got to keep their pediatrician, we're like, okay, we'll make the sacrifice. We'll switch our doctors over. And, but, uh, you know, so, yeah, it, it's, um, you know, it's not working for a lot of families. And, uh, you know, I, I think that we could, you know, again, you know, it's like let, let Idaho be a leader here. Exactly. Um, and then I, I know you've also touched on your, one of your blogs that I read on the second amendment. <laughs> I've never blogged more in my life. I, I'm not a tech. <laughs> hey, I love it. You know, man, I just have been going to town on that. I'm 42, but you'd think I was 82. I, I'm Mr. The robots are going to take over the world type of guy. You know, it's like, and they are, and, and we should be more into technology and, uh, really look at how that's going to change the world. But, uh, as far as blogging and Facebooking goes, I was always not into that, but, uh, man, I'm. Just all the time, just going to town on it. So that's that's fun that you keep saying blog. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a big proponent of, of creating content, and a lot a lot of the content I create, yeah, I look at it as like, man, like how cool is it going to be, you know, when when my daughter grows up, and, yeah, and has kids or whatever, and then like they can go back and they can actually read. True. You know, what's, what's went through grandpa's mind, right. you know? Yeah, it never goes away. It's Back, always you know, on the exactly. internet, Exactly. Right? Like yeah. It's there, like, you know, however you want to document it yeah. and save it for him. But so what you're saying is, win or lose, I should keep doing that after the 15th. You want me to keep blogging? Hey. All right. <laughs> I mean, your your thoughts and beliefs are, yeah. aren't going to, you know, do anybody any good locked inside of your head, right? right. So, I mean, that's one of the things I wish that I had from, from my parents, you yeah. know, growing up is yeah. like, 
I sit back and you look at it and it's like you have like, you know, there's all this knowledge and experiences and everything. And, and really when people can document and you have to have a system of the documentation too, right? Otherwise right. it just gets lost in space. Yeah. But if you can, you know, document of your thoughts and beliefs and then, you know, you can hopefully teach somebody mm -hmm. a lesson at some point, you know, yeah. um, that's, that's one of the things I'm big on anymore uh if you could go back in time before you started running for your seat there at the house of reps yeah what advice would you give yourself oh <laughs> yeah um start earlier you know i it's like when i went around i made the rounds i i talked to my my family first you know because uh it's a sacrifice uh you know we um, I, when I talk about we've kind of had these recycled aspects of politicians, you know, you, you get a lot of people who can, they're either retirees or they have careers that 300 days down in Boise isn't going to affect their career or their families, um, you know, based on their age. And maybe that's why we don't see a lot of younger guys down there or younger uh, women down there. And um, so I talked to them, said, hey, this is something I, I think I should do. You guys okay with that? Um, and are you okay being with the kids without my support for a hundred days? I'll come home on the weekends, but you know, then it's, it's going to be playtime, and maybe I'll mow the lawn or something like that. You know, well, no, it'll be winter, so I'll have to shovel. Um, but um, you know, and it's like, yeah, go ahead, go go do it. We've always been very supportive of each other. And um, you know, then I went to talk to my my the owner of the company I work at. I was like, can you afford to do without me for a hundred days? And she goes, well, you know, I can't afford to do without you at all so if you're gonna do this you know i'm fine just make sure you come back to me it's like of course i'll come back i love what i do and uh you know so i did that but uh, and then i started making the rounds to the different clubs the republican groups and all that type of stuff and and kind of get a, a lay of the land and you know i would have made an announcement earlier i would have started a little sooner i think um you know i, I feel like i've gotten some good traction and i still hope i you know that i, I win this thing and and um but, you know, part of the game is that, you know, you campaign for a year, you know. Mm -hmm. February 26th is when you fill out the paperwork, but you tell everybody and you make the rounds at meetings and speeches for four or five months prior. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, I probably would have done that. But, I mean, realistically, when you think about it, you're, you campaigned, you started campaigning from the day you stepped foot in Coeur d'Alene. Oh. You know, from well, the, relation, the relationships yeah. or everything when it comes to the political world yeah when I mean, you put it like that it kind of it's like it wasn't my intent but well know, yeah no i mean yeah. not not that you're doing it with the <laughs> yeah. wrong intentions right? Right, right but i mean from the moment you make an sure. impression on someone like yeah some people might be like man i really love that guy right so like you know what like no i'm not you know i, I wouldn't vote for that guy yeah. but realistically like it's i think that's something for a lot of people to think about yeah no, absolutely it's just your involvement in different people and you never know who you touch in what way and and you know you you know a lot of it, it's so relationship driven when you talk about the word representative you a little piece of them is is you take for everybody you know the all the voters you take a little piece of each of them with you down to boise and uh actually it's funny you say that because uh, a guy i was i was running the spartan and i ran into this this guy that was um used to be at a, we were at a different gym together and he was doing burpees and you can share burpees. He's like, come over here and do some burpees with me and I'll, I'll vote for you. 
So, <laughs> and it's like, and he was just a gym buddy, and we just were talking, and I did burpees with him and helped him out get through his 30 burpees. And he goes, you know, I've, I've seen you all on Facebook, and, and uh, you know, I support you, and I was going to vote for you anyway. But I was like, hey, I don't care, man. I'm glad to help you out and do the burpees. Um, but, yeah, you're right. You know, it's like yeah, every every parent I've talked to through coaching, you know, um, through volunteering at the kids' school or other nonprofits I've been involved with, you know, that, that um, that's that name recognition, basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so, yeah, I guess I have been campaigning for 15 years. But <laughs> so but as far as really getting into it, um, you know, I would have started a little sooner. And uh, other than that, you know, I've been my own campaign manager. I'm my largest donor. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't change any of that. Um, I think I'm doing a pretty good job. And, and I've touched a lot of people. And a lot of people have really come to my support that are more experienced in, in politics. And it's humbling. You know, you get all these people that want to offer you their resources through donations, their time, and their wisdom, and, and it's like, hey, you, you know, you basically, you know, just met me one-on-one, you know, on a personal level three months ago, you know, so I'm glad that I can show through, and, and you actually believe in me, it's, it's pretty cool, but like I said, that's because that's of who I am, you know, hopefully you can figure me out pretty quick. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> didn't take long. Yeah, you know? yeah. I had somebody tell me that on the porch. Yeah, I was, you know, because knocking on doors apparently is the most effective thing. I wouldn't have guessed that going into this, but some campaign people are like, oh yeah, knock on doors, get that personal touch, and so knocking on doors. And I was talking to this one lady, and she goes, you know, I um I met your opponent, and I met you, and I had a hard time figuring out what they were about, but I could tell what you're about. And so I was like, well, thanks, I appreciate that. That's uh, quite the compliment. So. Because yeah. that's transparency. You know, you hear that word of like, oh, transparency in politics. And it's like, cool. Uh, that's me. I don't <laughs> care. I'll wear a GoPro when I'm down there in session if you want me to, you know. So yeah. it's like, here it is. Here's me talking to people. Here, yeah. You know, let's <laughs> so, put your money where your mouth is. That's right. right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what accomplishment are you most proud of through the last three months and why? Oh, well, man, just, you know, reaching out to people you know this whole process has been an accomplishment just getting people to um you know pat you on the back and tell you they they want to vote for you and and um tell you that you know that it's awesome that you're doing the fight for them i get the thank yous for running thank you for running thank you for running you know and it's like you know that that's the biggest thing it's like well no i thank you you know people are thanking me I was like, no, thank you for believing yeah. in me and wanting to support me. And I get people saying, thank you for, for running. I think that's pretty awesome. And then, you know, being new to this, uh, you know, uh, the, I don't know. Uh, I like seeing the, the signs, you know. I, <laughs> signs are so kind of petty and small, but it's kind of cool to see your signs out there. And, and uh, you know, they're, they're just a representation of, of people who believe in you because I couldn't have bought them unless people donated to me, you know. And so... You see, and it's like, oh, that's awesome. I got, you know, my signs out there or so, on someone's lawn. It's like, mm-hmm. wow, that person is, you know, likes me so much they're willing to stick my name and an elephant yeah. on their lawn. You know, it's like, that's pretty cool. So, um, you know, that, that that's not an accomplishment, but it's just kind of a good feeling. So, yeah, and did you yeah. ever, like, kind of get that, that affirmation when you, you know, maybe doubt starts to creep in your mind, right? And then yeah. all of a sudden you have someone... Hey, you know, thanks, thanks for doing what you're doing. Yeah, right. Like, I'm sure that probably is like, oh, you know, like, yeah, I did make the right decision. 
Right. Yeah. You know, it's always in the back of your head. You think about it, you know, especially, you know, like I said, I, I've watched and, and so I know the numbers, you know, we all, uh, well, you know, a lot of people know the numbers. Oh, 80% of incumbents win and all that type of stuff. So you're sitting here like, well, I got an uphill battle to, to go. And that's always in the back of your mind. But anytime someone does that to you, like, hey, win or lose, you know, this is, you know, worth it and, and great. And I had another candidate, you know, come up to me and be like, yeah, you know, they're, they're worried about you. And I was like, really? That's that's cool. How do you know? <laughs> it's like it's it's not like there's polling out there. And, yeah. You know, you just gotta fight the fight and cross your fingers and come May fifteenth. You know, and yeah. it's like so. <laughs> give, give it the best crack, right? Yeah, that's all I can do. Forward yep, and yep. Uh, <laughs> see what happens. Yeah. What's been what's been the biggest biggest challenge that you've experienced that has kind of taught you the most important lesson? Um. Getting, you know, you know, like I said, I'm my campaign, my own campaign manager, and the biggest challenge is kind of that name recognition, getting known, whether it's getting speeches, getting clubs to pay attention to you, um, endorsements, you know, people care about endorsements. Yeah. Uh, you know, I... Which is a whole nother topic. Right. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute, I'm sure. <laughs> so, because um, I said a couple of things about that when I blogged. Um, but, uh, you know, that just that type of stuff. We're getting the, the newspaper to pay attention to you. And, and there's, an, uh, there's an underside that we don't know about to all of it. And, um, you know, and, and it was just kind of left that kind of yeah, feeling. But uh, you know, I guess that's just part of the process. So Yeah, so the endorsements. Yeah. 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 The, uh, you know, it is. Like politics right. can be a kind of a dirty game, yeah. right? <laughs> And so that's right. I was, I was running in the mud this weekend, man. I can handle it. <laughs> so. so you you have you know these you know other politicians, whatever, and yeah. you know they get endorsements for whatever reasons. Right. Some of them are legit. Some of them aren't. Right. It's like you know they get these big backers, but but why are they getting backed? Right. Like what do they know? Like what right. do they know about them? Like yeah. what is your thoughts on that? Well, um, yeah, with the endorsements, uh, and, and I, I got a big endorsement recently from the Idaho Chooses Life, and so, you know, as a pro-life person, um, you know, that was, that was uh, really, you know, felt good to me to, to get that. Um, and, and to me, I look at the endorsements are all those people that say thank you for running and put a sign in their yard. You know, those are the endorsements you want is those voters come May 15th. <laughs> those are the true endorsements. But those people don't get in the newspaper. They don't get the attention. And so with the endorsements, you know, I've been seeing um, my opponent, he's gotten, you know, several endorsements. And, um, and it's like, based on what? You know, it's like, not that they shouldn't endorse him. You know, it's like, yeah, he brings something to the table, obviously. And uh, if he brings more to the table than me, great. Give me your endorsement. But how do you endorse somebody and never even meet or talk to me? That, that's, you know, that's where it was kind of like, and then the newspaper puts it out there. Like, oh, yeah, whoopity-doo. You know, but so many people aren't going to, know that part of the process and so you know i know the part of the, i know the process the people gave the endorsement know the process my opponent knows the process but all those people who open up the newspaper don't know that those the his endorsements don't even know who i am and it's like how do you truly endorse somebody if you never met the other person like you should take the time to vet and talk to both people and be like hey this is the best Best candidate. Yeah, this is you know, who right. I. This is who know, I want to endorse, and so right? I'm not saying they shouldn't have endorsed them, but at least take the time to come talk to me, give me a phone call, or read my webpage or something, and just nothing. I, I didn't hear from any of those people, and so and maybe that's me being a novice to this and being my own campaign person. Maybe I was supposed to call them. I don't know, but um, 
you know, that's just how I feel about those. It's kind of, it's yeah. probably a lot of that thing, like you know, I scratch your back, could be you scratch mine too. Yeah, you know? could I mean, be. You don't know. I mean, we, that stuff goes on. Sure, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. You know? Not saying that your opponent does or doesn't do it, but uh, <laughs> you know that definitely goes on in the oh, world yeah. of politics. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not unaware of that. Yeah, you just hate it when it doesn't happen to you, I suppose. But you know, I, like I, I made it a point to say, you know, Idaho chooses life. You know, they knew both of us, and so you know that's why I said I accept it. I don't think you have to accept an endorsement. It feels good. You know, that's all they do at the end of the day is they feel good. But um, you know, I, I think you should. Definitely know both candidates. Absolutely. So. If you get one message out to the community, what would it be? Oh, man. It's like an interview question for a job. It's like, what's the what's the one thing you bring to Pizza Hut or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> like, man, that's the hardest question you can right? ask all day. One message out to the community. Um, well, May 15th, you know, I, I, I you know, really appreciate your support and, and your vote. And uh, But take the time to get to know me. I know we have eight days. And counting to the to the election and and um, I'm I'm a representative. I, I feel I'm in that citizen servant, and I just want people to take the time to know who they're voting for, and and uh, hopefully I can be somebody that they want to support them in Boise. And Roger, how can people find out more about you? You know, from what more than what's happened in this interview? Um, how can they? My shameless plug. I can yeah. put that in now. Yeah. <laughs> um, come visit me at my um, Facebook page is um, Facebook uh, slash um, vote Roger Garlock. Um, or my re- website is Roger Garlock for Idaho.com. And they're all interlinked. So. Yeah. And so yep. you can go on. We've brought up the blogs, the you blogs. Know, quite a few times. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, it really does. It helps. So yeah. when people go to the, the polls uh-huh. on the 15th, like, they're going to say, hey, like, I know what this guy stands for. Yeah. I know what he doesn't stand for. It's pretty black and white. Right. You know, so you those character traits align with them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're probably going to vote for you. Yeah. So we wish you good luck. Thanks, sir. Uh, any lasting thoughts or uh, impressions that you would like to leave with Coeur d'Alene? Um, well, I mean, as far as this process goes, I mean, I really enjoyed this. And thank you for having me here. Um you know, I'd love to come back and talk about what I do for a living because I think that might be, you know, good for the community as a whole beyond politics. And, you know, because it's something I work in the mental health field. Yeah. And I think that's something we, we need to take a look at within our society. Cool, Roger. We yeah. appreciate it. Uh, you sharing your your experience. And, Absolutely. You know, advice with us. And yeah. we look forward to uh, seeing your success in the future. Thank you. I, I have some. <laughs> hey, you're so, welcome. Yeah.